101. It's all staying. Tell me the story of Jesus. Right on my heart, every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Now heard the angels sing for us, sing as they welcome His For a, there's a bunch in the church that's out tonight sick. Uh, Brother John and Sister Debbie's out sick. Brother Mike Bennett, his family, Jessica Hunt and her family. Some of the Satterfields are out sick. And uh, maybe more that I missed. If I did, I apologize. And uh, Sister Ashley Valentine Jackson had a wreck today and she's in the hospital getting checked out. So y'all keep her in prayer. And uh, we'll go ahead and sing one more, and then I'm going to turn it over to Brother Marty.
Preacher's dream. Short singing means long preaching. Nah, it's not going to be that bad. Mm. <clears throat> Anybody have any other prayer requests? I need. Janet Matthew. Let me write that down. My, my pen is longer than my memory. Say it again. Told you it was, yeah. Matthew. Okay, any others? And the pastor, he was he's been sick yesterday and today. Uh, he called me this morning. So remember him. He didn't say if Debbie was sick or not. He didn't. Oh, okay. And remember Debbie. 
used to know her. Lori, yes. Any others? Jerry Thompson. Anyone else? <clears throat> okay, if any, anyone else, let's see. Tell you what, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer <clears throat> before we get into this. <clears throat> um, I tell you what, if you feel like it, if you're able, I think we ought to come and have an altar prayer, especially for all these that are sick. And uh, we'll take up the uh, missionary offering too this, this evening. Invite you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter number one. <clears throat> Matthew chapter number one. <clears throat> I'm just going to read two verses because it's it more or less 
is the jump off place for what I want to try to speak on tonight. And, uh, and uh, there's some things that I run across in the studying that I hope will be a help, a blessing to you. But the, the thought is, what is the story of the birth of Jesus? And I've got a few things I want to talk about in that. Uh, but let's read verse, verse uh, 18 and 19. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on, uh, on this wise uh, when as his mother Mary uh, was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, they were, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make a public example, uh, was minded to put her away privily, or means privately. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure that all of us here tonight knows the, the, about the birth of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but... Uh, we can find the story of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. Uh, gives us details about the birth of Jesus. But uh, we wonder why Mark didn't say anything about it or why John didn't say anything about it. <clears throat> to Matthew portrays Jesus Christ as, <clears throat> as a king. And the king has to have a genealogy. <clears throat> and uh, Mark portrays Jesus Christ as a servant. Well, a servant don't need a genealogy. Doesn't need a background. But then Luke uh, portrays him as the son of man. And he has a, he, he has a genealogy. But then also uh, John uh, uh, portrays Jesus as the son of God. And God don't need a genealogy. Jesus was 100% man, just like he was 100% God. Don't ask me to explain that, but that's the way it is. Uh, he was just as much man, but yet he was God. He, see, uh, God can't die, but, but he did give up his life there on the cross. But when we look at Matthew and Luke, uh, Mary is sort of a young virgin. Uh, she receives word that... She is going to give birth to the Messiah. We, uh, uh, but, but, uh, but in Luke 1.34, that's in Luke 1.34, but, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. It said that the Holy Ghost, that it was in her, as I read in verse 18, is of the Holy Ghost. But uh, she and her husband Joseph, uh, they traveled to Bethlehem. And, you're, and the reason why is in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, where Caesar has wanting everybody to go to their hometown and there they would be counted, sort of like a census. So they had to leave Nazareth and travel to Bethlehem. Uh, but there's a reason for that. But uh, when they arrived there at Bethlehem, uh, it was extremely crowded. Of course, you know the story. They couldn't find no place. There was actually no room for them at the end. So, uh, but... <clears throat> The innkeeper offers them a place to stay, and uh, it was at night since they 
have no room at the inn. He offered them a place to stay. And, and, and Mary gives birth to Jesus there in the stable. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but, but the local shepherds, uh, after receiving the joyful announcement as they was telling them out there in their field from the angels to bear witness of this humble birth. Uh, but years later, the wise men come. It, and, and, and I'm saying this because sometimes we see the nativity scene and it has the shepherds there and it has the wise men there. But the wise men didn't come to two years later. But uh, the child of... Uh, Three decades later, would save the world from its sins. He would march up the hill of Golgotha and be nailed to a cross to pay the sin debt that we owed. There used to be a song there, it pays the debt that I owe or something like that. I can't remember it. Uh, it's been so long ago. But he was paying our debt. And, and the child, and, and you are, you're probably familiar with all those details that I've mentioned in this story. But, but here are some facts that Jesus' birth that you may have heard and you may not have heard. First, I want to know that Jesus was born in the same town or same village as King David. See, Micah chapter... Now, I want you to see this. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Old, Test, Old Testament pro, uh, a prophet says, but thou Bethlehem Ephra, I, th I think that's how you say it, which means fruitfulness, but though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is, to be the ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from the old, of old, from everlasting. He is prophesying the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem. So, isn't it wonderful how you see how God is working? He's working on one end through Caesar Augustus to have everybody move to their hometown. And, and you think, well, okay, they're just doing the census. But he's moving Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem because it's prophesied that that's where Jesus Christ is going to be born. And, but then we look, of, of course, uh, uh, of in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom in order in, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. But Jesus, Jesus' disciples one time asked, is there any good thing comes uh, from Nazareth? But, but uh, we know uh, from the story of Jesus' birth that Bethlehem at least was a, a, a very popular city. I'm thinking that it was Rachel, Jacob's wife, the one he spent 14 years for, is buried just outside Bethlehem. But it was the hometown of birthplace of David. And now it's the birthplace of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But not only did Jesus directly descend from David's line, but he's also born there as well. And this is, for, I've got written here in the top of my Bible years ago, I was in a, hearing a preacher teach or preach or what, but 333 
prophecies were fulfilled that night when Jesus Christ was born. And I thought, we're not going to preach on all of those. And everybody said, amen. But not only does this fulfill the Old Testament prophecy, the 333 that I talked about, but the, the symbolism of the heavenly king being born in the same place as the king uh, after God's own heart, that certainly has its significance as well. Because David was known as a king after God's own heart. And here, Jesus Christ is born in the same place. But then secondly, I want us to see the birth of Jesus. Uh, it sort of ruined Joseph's reputation. Because what happened is, in Matthew chapter um, 13, verse 55 says, It is not this the carpenter's son. Yeah, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother's name Mary and his brothers James and Joseph and, and Judas? So we don't really have any hints of what happened to Joseph after Jesus' birth. He's mentioned, I think, the last time in Luke chapter 2 towards the end of the chapter. And if I'm not mistaken, he's not ever mentioned anymore. Uh, but God had the right man in the right place, just like Mary was the right woman at the right time. Because she was with child before they were married. And, and I'm getting into that. Uh, he doesn't, he, he you, you, you know, you got to see Joseph, uh, we don't really have any hints what happened to Joseph after the birth, but he doesn't seem to be in the picture during Jesus's ministry. You never, you hear things about Mary, but you don't hear anything about Joseph. So, uh, and the Bible is silent as to what happened to him. I believe that when they left Jerusalem on one of the feast days, uh, if I remember this right, the women would take off first and they would go. And then later on, the men would come second because they could walk faster and catch up with the women about time that it was for uh, to set up camp. And of course, Joseph thought that Jesus was with Mary and Mary thought that Jesus had stayed back with Joseph. But when they got a day's walk out, they realized they neither one of them had him. He had stayed back and was in the temple talking to the priests, the lawyers, and they was astounded at his knowledge. And But, uh, uh, but we do know that if Joseph did not choose to to kill Mary, because that was the thing. Uh, he, that's why I'm saying God had chose the right man. Because it was his right to have her put to death uh, because she had an affair. But let, and, and I looked it up, Leviticus chapter 20, verse number 10 says, And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife... Even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulter adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. So Joseph had the right to do that. But as he said in the, in the verses that I read there in chapter 1 in, in, in verse number 18 and 19, you know, being, his, being a just man, that's what he said in verse 19, then Joseph... Her husband, being a just man 
and not willing to make her a public example. In other words, he was not going to have her, they might have stoned him to death or whatever, but he was not going to have her put to death. So he, he says that he put her away uh, privately, meaning that he, he, he just hid her. And, but, but then Matthew chapter 1, verse 9, as I just read, he, he put her away privately. This, this passage of uh, above it, it, in verse number nine, uh, verse number nine, I'm talking, verse number nineteen. That verse uh, it, it 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 hints in a somewhat derogatory way that Joseph had had uh, thrown away his reputation when continuing his marriage to Mary, knowing that she was with child. You know that people talked about that. You know that people found out about that. But I want to tell you, it didn't sway Mary. She knew what it was. And, but Joseph put her away privately uh, because he didn't, you know, he didn't want to make a public example out of her. But then we also want to know about Jesus' birth. Uh, it came after 400 years uh, of being silent, God being silent. From, from uh, Malachi to Matthew, the end of the Old Testament, the beginning of the New Testament... God was silent for 400 years. He never visited Israel, never sent prophets into them. But but what? But but want to you know? I guess we would want to know what God did after the time of the Old Testament prophets. Well, so would I. I mean, you know, because uh, you you know, He used the prophets to to give the message. He would give it to the prophets, and they would give it to the people. But, but God remained silent for 400 years, get this, until the birth of Jesus Christ. And that's when the angel came down and, and spoke with Mary, told her that she was going to give birth to the Messiah. And, of course, you know, she had some questions. Being a virgin, how do I do that? I don't know a man, never known a man. But he said that within you is of the Holy Ghost. And you read that on later on in Matthew. But... But Jesus, but God was silent up until the birth of Christ. During this 400-year period, a number of nations had actually took over the nation of Israel during that time. Uh, uh, Israel successively rebelled against the Maccabean uh, revolt. That was around 167 B.C. to 160 B.C. That's a seven-year war to break loose from them. But they overtook them. They they. But they, they, by the time Jesus arrives, the Romans has occupied Israel. They were the, the ruling power at that time. Lots of things had happened. Uh, but, you know, uh, <clears throat> during that 400-year period, similar, it's similar to their 400 years that they stayed in Egypt for that much time. And they had prayed... To God, while they was in Egypt, they had prayed the Israelites wanted a Savior. Someone that would get them away from the power uh, of Egypt to lead them out. Of course, Moses come along. God sent Moses in there. You know the story how he led them out. But no wonder they claim for... Uh, that's why they, they, when Jesus did appear and announced that he was the Son of God, that he was the Savior, the Messiah, they wanted him to to topple the, the control of the Roman Empire. They, they wanted them to break them free from bondage, but he was here to do more than just break them away from the 
uh, the, the Roman Empire, he was here to break them away from the bondage of sin. Only, only Jesus Christ can ever break us away from the bondage of sin. You can get all, all the good uh, health things of, of getting you off alcohol, off drugs, and those are good programs. I'm not preaching against them. But I want to tell you the only way that you can be forgiven of your sins is to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. A lot of people have quit drinking and smoking and all that stuff uh, on their own. And I, I, I applaud them. That's good. But to be forgiven of that sin, it's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. But they wanted him to, to topple Rome. They wanted just as he done there at the Red Sea when he, he drowned all them Egyptians. They uh, no doubt had still heard about the stories of when God led them out of Egypt and killed the Egyptian army at the Red Sea. They was wanting Jesus, when he come pronouncing himself as the Messiah, as the Savior, to overthrow Rome and get them away from Rome. But then again, Jesus was probably, now I want to just, I wanted to get this out. He was not born in December. This is why uh, we celebrate Christmas uh, in December. We can thank the Emperor Constantine uh, for that, uh, who come around the 4th century. We can thank him for setting that date. Many times Christians would hold uh, holidays during the same times as the pagan festivals for the wholesome alternative. And when Constantine was, was, was a Christian, uh, when he got saved and was a Christian and becoming Christian, um, they, he set the date as, as December the 25th. Constantine was actually uh, around 336 A.D. And the, uh, he's the one that sent uh, the, the winter solstice. That means when... There's twice in a year when they'll have the longest day, which is in June, I think it is. And then around 20, December, I think it was 22nd, I read it, is one of the shortest days in the winter. And he set that shortest day uh, to be a day of December the 25th. But however, more than likely, Jesus was actually born during the springtime. Because the lambs would be born in the springtime. And so therefore, that's why those shepherds was out in the fields and the angel came down and spoke to them there uh, uh, in the fields and a bright light shined upon them and they were scared a little bit. But then they got to telling him about Jesus over there in Bethlehem being born and, and lots more of that in Luke chapter number two. But it would be in the time of spring. <clears throat> I was preaching another sermon along that line somewhere. But I, I remember reading that it could be possible that those, those sheep and stuff that those shepherds was watching over them was, belonged to the temple. And the lambs that was born in that herd would go to Jerusalem and would be corralled up there so that when they had the big feast, you, you come from a long ways. You don't bring your own sacrifice with you. You buy it there at the temple. That's what somebody said. But, but and, and as I was thinking of that, I got to thinking, the lambs was going to be a sacrifice for some family or whatever. They even used a lamb for the nation of Israel. Uh, but, but 
they was announcing the Lamb of God to these shepherds. And shepherds was not a very notable job. It was, it was a job that most people didn't want to do. Because it was, you was by yourself all the time. You was out in the elements all the time. You was not allowed opportunity to go to the synagogue and worship God and do things like that. Your number one problem or number one uh, job was to watch them sheep, be their shepherd. And, but, but it had to be around the springtime because uh, Luke chapter 2, uh, the shepherds abiding in their fields. They wouldn't be in the fields in the dead of winter. The sheep would not be having their lambs in the dead of winter. It had to be in the springtime. But, but, you know, and, and I'm not trying to put down December the 25th. I am just glad that we have a day set aside that the world remembers Jesus Christ's birth. You'll never know how many people might not be dedicated Christians, may not be believing everything that we believe, but on Christmas they remember that this was actually the day that Jesus Christ was born. So we should be thankful of that. But during springtime, those sheep would have their lambs. But, but we cannot say for sure exactly when Jesus' birth was actually happening. You know, and I got to thinking about that. And I don't know, I guess the Romans kept real specific records. And of course, we don't have availability to those. But I'm sure it's wrote down in somewhere of all the millions of writings that the Romans did that, that Caesar Augustus had requested a census and had everybody say would give you a, a closer figure of when Jesus was born. But we know that it was in the springtime, but we cannot be exactly sure uh, when the birth happened. But the shepherds did stay out in the fields that, uh, uh, when that angel was there. But then I got to look at this. The narrative intentionally draws a contrast between Jesus and John the Baptist. Uh, the Bible intentionally pairs these stories of John's birth, John the Baptist's birth, and Jesus' birth together. Uh, Elizabeth, that is the mother of John the Baptist, was on up in years past childbearing years. And you'll read this in Luke chapter 1. Zechariah, her husband, was a priest, and it was his time to go into the holiest of holies and offer up the offering. And when he went behind the curtain, and an angel spoke to him there uh, where the Ark of the Covenant is, and said that y'all are going to have a child. And he sort of, no, a he didn't really have to say it. They had the power to even know what he was thinking. But he's thinking, no, we're not going to, we're past that year. We don't, and because he doubted, they closed his mouth. He was dumb. He couldn't speak until John was born. Now, could you imagine coming out after offering that, that uh, offering and you get out and they say, well, Zacharias, how was it? He, mm, mm, he can't talk. And they just, they're just amazed. And then, of course, Elizabeth gets uh, with child. And then, of course, you know, uh, later the child is born. And they can't understand why Zechariah can't talk. But when the child was born, they're sitting around. And he's saying, I, I, I picture this. They're talking around. Well, what are we going to call him? You know, and they start naming off some names. And 
And I can see John taking a, a, maybe a tablet, a rock or something, and he starts scratching out the name, John. So that's what Jake, they said he was going to be called, John. And he said, John, I said, we ain't got no Johns in the family. And then he's released, uh, his mouth is open, and, and he speaks. But they name him John the Baptist. And he's the forerunner for Christ. But the Bible intentionally pairs these two stories together about John the Baptist and Jesus' birth together. But John the Baptist's birth was nothing short of a miracle. Just like when uh, Abraham and Sarah had their first child. It was nothing more than a miracle. God waited that long so that they would know this child was not of natural birth. That it was a miracle. And so the same was with Elizabeth and Zacharias and John the Baptist's birth. She was way past her years of having a child. But yet uh, it, it was a miracle that John the Baptist was born. So the angel appearance and the fact that Elizabeth had, had passed those childbearing years, uh, uh, they, they, they attest to this. They, they, they strengthen that, 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 she, that it is a miracle. But then... A couple more thoughts and I'm done. The wise men were not there. I mentioned that a little bit in the introduction. But many of us will ride by certain houses or even churches. And you'll see they'll have a, 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 a scene, a, a manger scene. And they'll see that, uh, that in that manger scene, you'll see that Mary and Joseph and some animals... And you'll see the shepherds and the wise men and all this together. But the wise man, as I mentioned in the introduction, did not come until two years later. But, but many of you, we've seen that. In fact, it took them about two years to make the trip from their homeland of Judea. These, uh, what were they called? Ma Ma Magi's. They were, they were worshipers of stars. And the stars were arranged so that it, the, the, the star shining over the baby Jesus. And they said, that ain't, they, they knew what that was. They knew what that was. But uh, they made their way to Jerusalem. And who did they talk to? They talked to King Herod. Where is this baby born that is king of the Jews? He gets to thinking, wait a minute. And... So they go out and find the baby Jesus and he sends people to spy to find out where it's because he, he's not wanting to praise them. He's wanting to kill him. So he sends soldiers over to Bethlehem and some of the surrounding cities and kill all the babies that's two years and younger. But Jesus is already gone. And, but but, but they, they thought that they'd see the king and he would tell them where this was at. But the king didn't know about it. And when he did hear about it, his idea was to kill all the babies because he was the king. He didn't want to, to give away his part. But, but, but uh, this means that, that uh, they did not see Jesus until he had reached the age of two. Hence, why Herod tried to kill all the babies of, of that age and under. Because he was trying to get, get away. I want to throw this out there. This is, actually happened to me. I was driving a, a, a Perina Mills feed truck in the early 90s. Animals don't worship Christmas. So they eat, give milk, do all that stuff year round. So if we wanted off, 
we had to rather give them enough feed to carry them through the weekend or somebody would have to come in and haul a load. So we, we did, and on a, I'll never forget, it was on a Friday. I hauled my first load on a Friday, and it had three or four drops. And I said, I want the, the, the one-drop load to go at night so that when I set my boom up, get backed into the area there, I can pump off all the feed and not have to move. And uh, I got down there in Saluda, South Carolina. It's, it's over there toward Columbus little farming town and this old barn I mean it looked like it was made in the turn of the 20th century you know it, it was old leaning but it was a barn and it and, and he had all his calves along that wall in little small stalls and all they could do was stand up and take a step forward and eat and drink their water and go take a step backwards and lay down that's all they could do but I got to looking the, the, I got there it was dark I spun my boom around and backed into the barn and he had a big cement pad and I pumped all the feed in a pile right there in that cement pad. It was a, it was a cotton seed, uh, soybean hulls and stuff. He scoops it up with his tractor and puts it in the mixing wagon to feed the cows. He mixes other stuff with it. And I'm sitting there, it takes about 20 to 30 minutes and I'm sitting there, big bright light shining straight in that barn. You can see everything. And I'm sitting there leaned up against the back of the trailer, uh, you know, because sometimes I'd have to move the boom left and right. But uh, I'm looking, and I see those calves over there, and I mean, it was dirty, it was nasty. It was spider webs, and, uh, just dust. I mean, it just, it was, it was a nasty looking place. And uh, you look around, I mean, the barn was filthy, nasty, smelled a little bit. Uh, but I got to thinking, I'm sitting there on a Friday night, just a day or two before Christmas, and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, my Savior, was born in something like this. Now, in that day, they used to put the animals in a cave and just put a gate at the entrance of the cave. And the barn that I'm talking about had lots of air flowing through it. But could you imagine being laying in a cave with a bunch of animals that, and you know it had to be a lots of animals because they didn't even have room for nobody in the inn. And he offered them that to get them out of the weather. It had to be smelly and bad. But our Savior Jesus Christ come into this world, laying him in that manger, a feeding trough. It was, it's not like the one you'd see in the manger scenes. It was more of a rock and it was cut out and that's where they'd throw the feed and, the, and they, the animals would come up and eat out of that. Well, that's where they laid our, our Savior, Jesus Christ. It wasn't a pretty scene per se as in the environment, but it was a beautiful scene to know that the Savior of the world had come to be in this world to pay our sin debt, to take away the sin of the world. But lastly, the manger is the feeding trough, as I mentioned. You know, it's not the wooden props like we see, but the manger was was used for feeding these animals. In part of, uh, in that part of the world, the animals was kept, as I mentioned, in the caves. Uh, that the feeding trough was made of the stone. Jesus probably born in that cave around Bethlehem somewhere and laid in that uh, stone trough. And the last thought is that birth, in, in, in the birth of our Savior, is nothing short of a miracle.
Could you get that, though? It was a miracle that the forerunner of Christ, it's a it was a miracle that he was born. Then the Savior comes, and it's a miracle that he was born. Uh, 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 hey, I tell you, I know of no other birth where the stars are arranged at, the, at his coming. I don't know of any other birth that where angels out of heaven come down and and, and I'm not going to have time to go to Luke chapter 2 and read those things. But it was a miracle. Even though many of us have heard the story many times, I want to tell you, you can read this account in Mark chapter number 1. You can read the account in Luke chapter number 2. And you can go back and reread it. And I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, it's, it's going to show you something else a lot of time. I have found that to be true in my study certain portion of scripture that I want to preach on or teach Sunday school on, if I read it two or three times, it just seems like some things pop out at you. And I tell you, the, the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior, even though he was not born on December the 25th, it's still a glorious day to be able to get together and, and, and worship him, the birth that him coming might not have come into this world in December the 25th, but he did come into this world. That's what I had to say here tonight. And I hope you might have got something out of it. Anybody got a word to say? If not, let's stand to our feet. Shake hands with everybody you're not mad at. <laughs>